0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Joining me now on the Knicks Film School
1: podcast, we are... Uh, Diverting course a little bit from our regularly scheduled program, although I have a feeling there will definitely be some Nick's talk um, over the next little bit. Um, He is the writer of um, a movie that is coming out uh, today as you are listening to this, because I believe this episode is dropping on Friday. Um, It is a major wide Hollywood studio release, um, and it is a movie about basketball which to anyone listening to this podcast right there, that's all you should need to know, but we're going to get in depth a little bit more Um, writer of the movie champions, Mark Rizzo. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm terrific. I'm so happy to be here. Um,
2: I'm not just like driving by here. I am an enormous fan obviously of all the work that you guys do here at KFS. And I'm there with you guys on every post game. I'm a diehard Knicks fan. I've watched every minute of every game with, I think, the exception of the one game I missed was the Celtics game on Monday night. The first Celtics in that little run there. And I had a good excuse. It was the premiere of the movie and I had to be there in New York. And I wouldn't say this. Yeah, it's a pretty good excuse. (laughs) And it was like it was a magical night. It was surreal. I was on um, a red carpet for the first time. And what's really cool is it was it was a hardwood carpet they made it out of oh, like it's hardwood and there were basketballs crazy. everywhere. So you could pose with the basketballs and all that stuff. But, um, and it was just magical night. You're just getting like, this is not my life. You know, it was very Cinderella, right? I'm waiting for the, the coach to turn into a pumpkin. Like the limo <laughs> takes you here or there. And then we get back to the hotel and my wife and I Oh, what a great night. And the first thing I do is like, yes, they won. <laughs> I was like, now my night is complete. I even had a buddy like texting me from the garden who was there that night um, that he had seen a commercial for champions on the Jumbotron at, at MSG. And I was just like, wow, this is a great night.
1: Um very very different from your experience but for me cuz like we've been we've been back and forth on doing this for a little while and you let me know about the film months and months and months ago but like the, the the I had a moment where I so I live in in Brooklyn Cobble Hill and there's a great little theater uh independent theater Cobble Hill Cinema where they put up the um they usually do it a few days beforehand they put up you know champions march um March 10th, right? I I lose track of days. March, And I put it up earlier this week. I'm like, damn, this is so cool. I get to talk to the person who wrote this movie that's playing right around the block from my house in a few days. This is going to be awesome. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Like, I remember when the film was finished and I heard from some of the producers like, you know, the studio is really, um, really behind this movie and they're going to promote it. And you think, Oh, that's some happy talk. That's some nice Hollywood talk that's shining me on. That's cute. <laughs> and uh, to, to quote a certain Miami podcaster. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we, we we don't say anything else. Everybody knows by now. We don't even yeah, God, God bless him. He's taken enough slings and arrows. Uh, yes. But um I thought, oh, okay, that's cute. And then lo and behold, this thing is everywhere. And they're so supporting the film. Like I I remember I, I turned off the All-Star Game like any good basketball fan should have at a certain point. But I did get a text like later. It's like, hey, there was a commercial for your movie on the All-Star Game. And I was like, oh my God, this is really happening. So yeah, it's a real thrill for me. Um, like I said, this is my this is my first produced film. So it's a it's a big thrill. And it, again, I'm like so happy that I get to talk to you guys about it and share it with this community because I really do feel like what you have done here. Most masterfully, has created a community of fans who um, are intelligent, funny, and care about each other. And so, you know, that I think this is the kind of movie that would appeal to this community. So I'm I'm really glad to shout it out here.
1: So the film, first of all, is great. Um, Let's just get that out of the way. And number two, uh, before I get to my main point, like, I love movies. Um, I am someone who I, the biggest, the only real thing that, that annoys me with having two small children is I don't get to them. I, I love my kids. I love everything about my kids. I just don't get to the movies as much anymore. And like, I'm sorry, but like watching at home is not the same. Like I love being able to go to the theater and experience movies in person. And specifically the sort of movies that I felt like came out. um, I mean, I know everybody says it, but like they don't make them like they used to anymore. Well, they really don't make them like they used to anymore and this is a film that hollywood i'm sorry just doesn't really make a whole lot or enough of for my personal tastes anymore and like you look at the three you know movies that are coming out on wide release this this um mm-hmm. this weekend one's a big sci-fi thing one is a franchise movie and then there's oh this great little i I don't want to call it a little movie because it's not a little movie it's like but it's like a a, a smaller like you know it's focused on the characters and like i want to get into how you develop some of the characters and the whole thing but like this is this is what we need more of not less of so i just want to say that and then but the, to your point about the community and like why nicks film school is what it is it's just a bunch of people who love basketball and they love thinking about basketball and yes the Knicks part of it is central but i think everyone listening to this is going to love this film because it treats basketball with respect as far as the game on the court. And I, I want your thoughts on that and how much you thought about that as you were writing the script and going through the whole process. But also that like, we, we love why we love sports. Like it, I mean, it, it's, this is obviously a different, a different uh, entree way into it, but it is the human element at the end of the day. So just like, take me through how all of how you, you know, you're, you kind of thought about all of that through this process. A lot of meat on the bone there, so let me get to it. I'll, I'll start with the me, last yeah, part
2: first. Like honestly, like what we love about sports, and what, what I love about basketball particularly, is the way it reveals character. The game reveals character, and I really wanted to focus on that—the way that the game and um, and coaching reveals character. And I was um, I was given this opportunity when um, my agent, I I just switched agencies. And I had a preliminary meeting and she asked me, is there, what should I know about you? And I said, the first thing you should know about me is that I'm a basketball sicko. I love basketball. And if there's anything basketball related coming across your desk, like send it to me, I would love to to work on it. And so our film is based on a 2018 Spanish film called Campiones, which was a a runaway hit in Spain. The film of the year, right?
1: It won the the Goya. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. It won basically the this, this Spanish version of the Oscar for Best Picture and was a runaway hit. They already have a sequel in the can. I saw like, that. It, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. It's wild. Yeah. And uh, she sent me a link to see the film and said, you know, they're looking to adapt this for English speaking audiences. Would you be interested? And I was like, yeah. And I watched the film and I was just so taken by it. And I was so thrilled. And I went in. And it's a grind, right? I No one hands you anything out here. I had to go in and pitch to the producers what I would do differently and how I would you know, adapt the film. And the funny thing is, I remember walking out of that meeting more than maybe most meetings that I've been in and felt very strongly that there was no way in hell <laughs> I got the job. And um, <laughs> because... I won't get into the nitty gritty of it, but I was told certain things by one of the producers, like not to say certain things. I was like, well, I got to say this because like, you know, I'm, you and I shot. said the thing, I said the thing, I shot my shot mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, I can walk out of here. And lo and behold, um, I got the job. And here we are five years later uh, talking about a movie that's been made. And it's funny, like, OK, so if anyone doesn't know about the film, it. It's it's um it's a very familiar sports story. It's a redemption story of a grizzled coach and um, Woody Harrelson's character is um, court mandated to coach a team, a basketball team at a rec center. And the team um, it's a team of uh, adults with intellectual disabilities. And it's really funny because I think a lot of people, when I get into the interviews, want to focus on the disability aspect of it and the representation piece of the film which is incredibly important and i was thinking about it this morning but i've always talked about this film and thought about this film as my basketball movie Mm. because it's about a basketball team and that's what i wanted to focus on and i wanted it to be a love letter to the game and i wanted like real fans when they watch this film to say like oh yeah this i I really want them to say like okay this guy really he watches basketball He, he knows basketball in the same way that like when you watch a movie and they have an actor Playing basketball, and you're like, that guy has never picked up basketball in his life. (laughs) I'm not gonna mention any names, Jonah Hill. Um, but uh and I love Jonah Hill, but no, but yeah, it's fair. Seeing a new people was was wild. Um, but like that's why when you get someone like Woody Harrelson attached to your film, he brings hoop gravitas, right?
1: he's I mean, he's one of the uh, you could argue he should be on the Mount Rushmore in terms of like basketball movies. All I mean, you know, White Man Can't Jump's pretty, pretty notable one. Pretty good movie. Pretty good. Movie. And,
2: <laughs> and shout out Semi Pro. A lot of. Fun. Yes. Semi Pro. Yes. Don't forget Semi Pro. Um, so, uh, yeah, I wanted, you know, in the same way that when you see an actor who is comfortable with the game and with the ball in his hand, I wanted people to see this film and feel like, OK, the writer has a handle on the game and loves the game as much as
1: I do. And so one of the things you just mentioned, which I'm glad you brought up is, so again, we've talked offline and you kind of know my backstory. So, you know, um, I'm a teacher. I think what some people may not know is I'm a special education teacher. I've been special, this is my eighth year teaching special education. And so, you know, and my, it goes back to even before I started teaching, you know, studying classes, you know, about like what it is to teach students with disabilities. And I think if I was to say like summarize everything you were taught and everything you've learned in over the years in like one or two sentences, it would be if someone has a disability, they don't want their life or their experience to be about their disability. They just like you want to. Create the proper accommodations to make sure they can be successful in whatever their endeavor is, whether it is in a classroom or on a basketball court. But like they like that's that's not what that's the last thing that they want. So I I have to imagine you've gotten a lot of support from you know communities of of uh, people uh, that are not fully able because this is a movie about basketball that just so happens to feature people with disabilities.
2: John, I'm just going to say that this is the best interview I'll do about this film. really and truly like you're you're you know you're because number one i'll just get back to something you shouted out earlier you really get it in that like we're not seeing these movies made anymore and that's why i think it's really important that audiences get out into the theater and support them. Because if we want to see more movies like this, whether you you like it, love it, dislike it, like if you want more movies in this range where it's about human beings and characters and it's uplifting and it's not shit blowing up everywhere you look, (laughs) please come out and support this movie. Um, As to your last point about um, disability, There's this great quote from one of our actors in the film, Madison Tevlin, who plays Cousin Tino, one of my absolute favorite characters in the movie. Mm. When she does interviews, she always says, the fact that I have down syndrome is the least interesting thing about me. (laughs) Yes. And if you know Madison, that is very true. And that's, that's kind of the way I wanted to always treat um, the characters in this film as much as possible. And to, you know, I just always thought to myself as I was writing this, like, these are characters. These are fully formed characters. And like, for me, job one was to represent all the disabled people in the film as fully rounded human beings. Very often you see, you know, it's great because like you'll see um, disabled actors in film and TV and they're, they're there, but they're not carrying story right? They don't have agency. They're, you know, they're, they don't have an emotional arc. And that was the most important thing for me as I was adapting the film was like how, I mean, look, you have a basketball team of 10 characters. You cannot track 10 characters and nope. emotional arcs through a movie or you're making Lawrence of Arabia. And I'm,
1: <laughs> um, so talk about movies you know, they don't make anymore. Anyway.
2: Yeah. Uh, again, uh, one of my favorites, but, uh, yes. at any rate, I would just really wanted to focus in on you know the characters and make sure that they you know they were fully rounded characters and that we stayed away from some of the kind of stereotypes of infantilizing and and underestimating um, the characters and what you say in your experience as a teacher. Um, it's not so much about like there's this notion of inspiration porn and it's like, Oh, they overcame these obstacles. And like, really what we want to focus on is not like, uh, it's not so much the obstacles that folks overcome. It's about like, why is the world set up in a way that's not accommodating to disabled people? Right. And the biggest message of the film to me is, um, if we meet people where they are disabled or non-disabled, everyone is capable of extraordinary things. And that's the message I want people to take away from this. And I also want them to have a hell of a lot of fun because it's a funny movie. It's directed by Bobby Farrelly, who is, you know, (laughs) I think, I think you could say he's a certified laugh master. uh, If they give out that uh, title. Certainly responsible
1: for some of my in, you know, experiences where I've laughed the most seeing a film. I'm happy you brought up Bobby, but I I just want to go back to a second for a second to Woody. Mm -hmm. Um, because of everything you just talked about, I feel like in the hands of the wrong actor, this movie could have been a not a disaster, but like it, it could have gone the wrong way in in several ways. One, like you have to have someone who knows, like who has just the, I mean, have to be a good enough actor to be able to you know pull off what their what Woody's pulling off here. But also, like it's a comedy. And to toe the line of like, okay, you you are dealing with a with a, a subject matter that is, I guess, you know, it's it, it. I don't say it's a sensitive subject matter, but again, you 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 have to have a deft touch. And I, I so, what was it like for you? Because you wrote, my understanding is you wrote the character at least a little bit after knowing that Woody was going to be involved, right? Yes and no.
2: I wrote the fi- I adapted the film with no actor attached whatsoever, just trying to write a good enough script that we could attract someone someone good meaning okay. someone meaningful to get the film made and then when we found out that woody was on board i went back in and you hey, know that's what it tweaked okay. it to woody's voice and also you know bobby likes to improvise and he's like he likes to play it loose and so you know woody's if if you see the film it's woody you're getting 100 the full woody harrelson experience yep and he is he's a national treasure i mean the man has extraordinary range and um a depth of humanity that translates onto the screen in every scene that he's in so we're so i mean no woody no movie right like it it it, it, it he the fact that he took a shine to the script and to the project means everything and i'm i'm still like eternally grateful that that he did
1: that's incredibly cool. Um, okay, now I, I have to divert into a little bit of next talk. Let's so go. anybody, anybody can see this. There we go, Big 15, baby. Yeah. Um, anyone could see it just in the trailer. Um, you will notice early on in the trailer there is a there is a jersey. It is a blue and orange jersey, blue uh, and is number nine. That is indeed an RJ Barrett jersey. So I I, I want to ask you like. <laughs> As you were writing this, were you thinking like, how could I sneak in my Knicks fandom into this film in some way, shape or form?
2: Well, I am not responsible directly for the costume choices. However, 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 um, there are two producers who were on the case every day, just like solving problems, protecting the heart of the film and making it happen. Jeremy Plager and Brad Kessel. And they and I have uh, the kind of relationship where they know the level of my Knicks fandom, and so they did tell me that that was a shout out to me and my Knicks fandom. And I will say this: like this is you know this is something only Knicks Film School uh, folks will get to hear. You're not going to hear this in other interviews. And I probably shouldn't even be saying this. So God bless us all if my career ends today. But um, you know, in the original draft, th- there was kind of a villain, like a secondary villain, and it was James Dolan playing himself. And it was at a time when I I was like very frustrated with the team and the direction and like this yeah, is this real. Is r- oh, yeah, James Dolan. Like, if you get if you like call my agency and say, Hey, can I get a sample of Mark Rizzo's writings? Could you send me over champions? Get to page, you know, 110, 15. James Dolan is in the film. That's and amazing. the Knicks and oh the Knicks God. feature prominently in it at the end because it's all about um a coach's, you know not giving anything away here in, in the plot, but Woody's a yeah. coach who's in the G League, basically. And he's like, I, I should be in the NBA. And he's busting his balls to try to get to the NBA. And that's a big part of his drive in the story. And in the original version, um, the Knicks feature into that uh, that plot line. So I, I, did, I did put the Knicks in there. But unfortunately, the NBA wasn't able to cooperate with us. We couldn't use... Uh, got it we couldn't say g league uh, so yeah. we say j league and um we couldn't like we talk talking about the nba we can say the nba but we can't shout out specific teams so you'll notice that in the film we just say like oh it's phoenix oh it's seattle oh it's new york oh it's philly but we can't use any of the nba names unfortunately hopefully the film's successful enough that if there's a sequel maybe the nba will participate i did write um certain scenes with nba players in mind we wanted to cast. Um, uh, real players in, in some of the roles. And in fact, I, I wrote a scene. This is how far back the film goes. And this is a bit of a sad piece of, uh, of information, but I wrote a scene for Kobe.
1: Oh, um, wow. Yeah. I wrote a scene for Kobe. Cause I was like, and he was into I, Hollywood and everything, you know, cause of the Oscar and everything. I was actually, um, the year that he won
2: the Oscar for his uh, animated short. There's also another, uh, awards, uh, ceremony called the Annie awards for yeah. excellence in animation. And I was working in animation at the time and our show was nominated and I was at the Annie's with Kobe when he won. And I, there's a moment where I, I was there with my wife and Kobe's like, it's really crowded and Kobe's kind of mov, moving through and we locked eyes and he gave me that look like, yeah, it's me. <laughs> you know, it was amazing. <laughs> it was so Kobe. It's so Kobe. I mean, yeah, that's my brush with Kobe like literally like we brush shoulders and, um, but um, and then eventually uh, we were going to cast a WNBA player and okay. that player was not able to shoot the scene because of COVID-19. Oh, and so, yeah. Yeah. So there's a lot of like there's a lot of things that you like you, you regret not coming into the film. But when, when I sit back and watch the end product, I am absolutely thrilled with it. It is packed with everything that I could have hoped for. And
1: uh, Yeah.
4: What's up, Knicks fans? Power up for springtime with Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit. Get nutritious, chef-prepared meals delivered straight to your door, leaving you time and energy to tackle everything on your to-do list. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, prepping, and cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie-smart, vegan veggie, and protein-plus meals on the menu each week prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of more than 36 quick bites, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Looking to cut back on takeout? Get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper, but meals are ready quicker than restaurants delivery. Just two minutes. Also, eating vegan or veggie is a snap with Factor. Each meal has all the ingredients you want and nothing you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to your vegan and veggie meals each week. Get Factor and enjoy clean eating without the hassle. Simply choose and enjoy fresh, flavor-packed meals delivered to your door. Don't hesitate. Head to Factormeals.com Filmschool50 and use the code Filmschool50 to get 50% off your first buy. Again, that's Factormeals.com slash Filmschool50 to get 50% off your first box. Factor, America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit.
1: I want to bring Andrew up here in a minute to talk a, a little bit about the movie more, but just real, two, two quick ones before I do. One, um, who, what current Nick player, or I don't know, should we limit it to current or should we go like all-time player, Do you th- would you most want to write into a film about it could be about anything. Oh my god! They don't Look, even have to be playing themselves. They could just be playing like a character that you write. I'm just anyone ever well, come I, to mind. I mean, I,
2: as a writer, and I think not just as a writer. I'm sure we all we all do this because I listen to your post games. Like we we watch these characters, we watch these players. Like there's character, they're characters in a human drama, and honestly, the journey that Julius has been on, Once which has been, as you say, maddening, <laughs> but one of a kind. You know, one. One of one. You can, won't find can't write script. it
1: <laughs> because they wouldn't buy the script. Yeah, that's just, they wouldn't
2: buy the script because there's too many ups and downs. So like you know, we kind of yeah. need a line here. But I'm I'm fascinated by what he has, um, what he's done this year in terms of applying mindfulness. And yeah. you you can see you can see the battle right. You can see the battle and you can see when bad Julius wins right yeah. out there on the court. So it's. Something like that. You know, I see Andrew popping up in the chat. And you know what? You may have the right answer. And it's Tibbs. Because Tibbs, like, oh my God. I'm obs- I'm a little obsessed with Tibbs to be honest. Like, I have this, I have this weird only on this podcast can I talk about this. P- Please. And people would get it. When I watch Tibbs on the sideline, hunched over,
1: kind of oh, looking around. Let's go. Ahead.
2: I, I keep thinking he needs to play Captain Ahab in a reboot of Moby Dick. Oh my God. He is just after the white whale. Ice, ice, iceberg, harpooners. Like, oh, my, like he is, he is Ahab on the quee-queg. Just That's fantastic. He's after that whale. Also, like the man has no life outside of basketball, but you know, he has to have like, I, what, what happened? Like when the curtain goes down, when Tibbs is home. I,
1: I've often wondered like,
2: this. Yeah. I mean, that's a fascinating character. Right. So, like, maybe the Julius and Tibbs, like, maybe it's like a road trip or like plane crashes and Tibbs and Julius are the only ones who survive. I don't know. I mean, who knows? Who knows? There's a movie there.
1: You mentioned plane. I would like, if they ever, they should never do this, but if they ever um, remake uh, airplane, have maybe Mitch in the Kareem. Role it would it would be a different spin on the character, obviously, but I just can't get enough of Mitchell Robinson, which is why that would be an interesting one for me.
2: Money Mitch uh, is fascinating, and you know what? Like, I just want to spend like five minutes with Emmanuel quickly so I can just get some. Oh, of that for sure. joy. Yeah. Just to yeah. Look, let's just you know go from thirty thousand feet and look at this team. They're a delight, and like, oh think yeah. About it. Think about how frustrating they were early in the season, and what a wonderful story to see them find an identity and to really be able to enjoy, like you can see, like, I, I think when they say that they love each other and the vibes are good, I really do believe that now yep. sports, you're, you know, things can turn pretty quickly in sports and, you know, let's hope that JB's foot is better. And he plays tonight in Sacramento. We're taping this on Thursday, Not knocking um, on wood. knocking on wood, all the wood, you know, things can, things can definitely turn, but that's, that's why we love it. That's why we watch it. Cause we don't know how it's going to end.
1: You, you may have just answered it. I was going to ask you also, who's your favorite current player.
2: It's really tough because it's between Brunson and quickly. And they embody my two. two sides, two sides of the my same two. coin, right? Look, I love small guards. Cause I'm a small guard. I still play very,
1: big. I know I read that that you, so um, you, you still are, you, you disparaged your, your physical abilities in one interview that I read, but I mean, the fact that you're still playing, I mean, God bless. Thank
2: you. Thank you. I've been in the same pickup game at the Santa Monica YMCA. Come on down Saturday mornings. We're there uh, for like, I've been doing it since 20, 2003. So I've been oh, that's in that awesome. game 20 years. I've been playing with a lot of the same guys, which is incredible. But um, yeah. So like, I, I love, I love small guards who are crafty and I love guys with swag and I love the incredible maturity and calm that JB brings to the team as a point guard. And I just love the abandon and the pleasure that quickly plays with. And I always have, you know, from, from day one, I love quickly. So those are my it's guys. You gotta like.
1: Yeah. yeah. That's th- those are th- th- I've gone back and forth um, yeah. a half a dozen times between those two as to which is my current favorite player on this team. All right. I'm going to bring Andrew up here for, for a brief okay. sec. Cause I know he had at least one or two questions that, you know, more, more from the film buff angle. Ooh. Um, since that's what you are, Andrew. High praise, a uh, film buff angle. So, Mark, I'll say this:
4: I, I've got some notes written down here. The one that you added down that I need to just address is: while I'm all for the Tibbs road trip with Julius movie, the Tibbs rom com is sitting right there where he finds love off the basketball court, and we finally get to. It's he's like he's career driven, and that's all he cares about. And then throughout the screenplay he finds other ways to care about other things and other people you know i love that i love that not only because it's a great idea it's what we call in the business a
2: million dollar idea ah but, uh, <laughs> i'll know. take I'm points on legit. that by the way it's, yeah um, for sure Points so, is back but no but the champ- champions is a stealth rom-com mm-hmm. like we should say that yes it has woody harrelson in it but also has caitlin olsen Shout and out. if you yes. are an always sunny in philadelphia fan or a hacks fan or just a person who likes to laugh oh my god what an extraordinary talent and she yes. goes toe to toe with woody and they are phenomenal in the film and she's an just an incredible asset
4: the the screenplay yeah. gives her a lot to do too cuz like she's a punchline in always sunny you know and then in a lot of the other roles i've seen her in at least i haven't seen hacks so i'm maybe this is different there but like she's just kind of a punchline and this actually gives her a bit of an arc that between what's going on with her and her brother that you get yeah. attached to. And then you like, you, you kind of empathize with her situation toward that that turn in the movie. So I, I, I appreciated that, that element as well. Um, you nailed it about uh, Constantine, Con, Con, Constantino. Constantine, yeah. Madison, the, the character yeah. you were talking about earlier there, there's a Me Too joke three two thirds of the way into the movie before the there's a players only meeting, and it's funny. And I always find a, I'm, I appreciate when you can like write a Me Too joke and it still be funny, especially like those are hot button things that you don't want to cross. So um, I enjoyed that. Uh, I guess you kind of answered it with Dolan potentially being in the movie. Does that explain why there ends up being like a side swipe at Seattle as a result? Um,
2: yeah, I think. I think you're always writing within constraints, mm-hmm. right? The first draft of the screenplay is like it's a sales document, it's a blueprint, it's blue mm-hmm. sky. It's like this is this is how I imagine it, and then practicality gets in, you know, casting, budget, timing, legal, right? Nah. So many, so many of the names were changed because they do these legal searches, and you know, they switch. Really? Them off. Yeah, I yeah. Because like, that was it, a thing that happened. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like so many. Um, if you went into entertainment law, John, you would know all about these really tedious, tedious matters that, that, you know, come up as you're making a film. And, um, I believe the reason we use Seattle there was because we're, we're, we're shooting strays there a little bit and they don't exist yet right. in the hypothetical world. Like we all know that Seattle and Vegas are getting a team. And that yep. was kind of my, that was my shout out to, you know, the basketball community. Who knows if you know, you know, oh, yeah. yeah. That that, so. I,
4: that was a very inside basketball joke that I was like, again, the three of us got that someone like my fiance might not get that. I'm sure when we see it, I'll explain it to her. Um, I was telling you a little bit about this before we, we logged on that the thing that hit me the most while so like my I'll start this. My dad, his brother um, is an adult with an intellectual disability and fully fully functioning member of society. And I liked that you know while while that is clear that this is you know the special olympics and and this is what woody has been um his character has been sentenced to do they have jobs they they are friends they they um the the group home is not uh stigmatized it's just a place where they get to go hang out together yeah. um and i appreciated that it's fully developed their backgrounds that it's like they're not as uh, disabled as that word kind of gets stigmatized was that like an emphasis that you had when like you wrote out this the script and you wrote out these characters and obviously the approach that uh, you and Bobby I guess approach this this story with
2: it was my 100% laser focused North Star mm. was making sure to represent these characters the right way and um, I can't take full credit for it because I have to say that like I'm picking up the the baton from the folks in Spain mm-hmm. and Javier Fesser who made the original film Campeones and then I did some research because I just felt like I don't have lived experience around this Um, So I was just reaching out to people. And the first thing I did was I called um, the Writers Guild of America, my union. I'm a proud union member. And they have incredible resources for writers, not just in terms of just like helping us get treated fairly and paid fairly, but also um, in professional development as, as writers. And so they have a Writers with Disabilities Committee. I spoke with them and they put me in touch with a woman named Gail Williamson, who is an advocate and an agent. She is a talent agent, and she represents um, disabled actors. And her son happens to be uh, an actor. He has Down syndrome, and he's on a basketball team. Mm, that's- and so I, she was she w- welcomed me into that community. I kind of embedded with um, Blair Williamson's team. Um, the wolf, the North Hollywood Wolf pack. And I went to their practices and um I went to, with them to the Special Olympics. Um, I toured oh, some wow. group homes mm. and just I was overwhelmed by the warmth of the welcome that they gave me in that community. And so um I just really wanted to, you know, do right by all the folks that I met there.
4: I I appreciate it. I I can definitely feel the I know anybody that sees the movie will also feel this that like the warmth and the 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 heart that is in the movie. I thought really comes off off the screen, and how you know that 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 really stuck with me. Um, the other part, uh, there is a so Woody as you mentioned, his character Marcus gets sentenced to ninety days to coach his team because of a DUI that Mm -hmm. he is guilty of. And on a lot of, a lot of movies and really just in pop culture in general, a DUI is just kind of a stepping stone to like, all right, it moves along the plot, but there's never any consequences that come with it later on. Mm -hmm. And, so like a little, a little background, my, my family lost someone to a DUI before I was born. And it's to the day why I don't drink alcohol. I don't like judge anybody that does, but like, that's always been something that like, I'm, a, I'm like afraid to touch it as a result, knowing the consequences that come with it. And there's a, I'm not going to give away what happens, but there is a scene that I think for me, honestly, is the most impactful in the movie that, um, what he has to face the consequences of it and realize that his actions Led to more than just oh, and I now have to coach this team. I'm I'm not able to, you know, go get a job in the NBA or get a job anyplace else. Like this is my sentence. It's actually deeper in 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 what happened. And I don't know. Just I really appreciated that that was put into the story as well. Um, what was the like? Was that also a focal point that you wanted to add that element to the story?
2: Yeah, that was a really important scene to me, and it's one of my, um, in terms of the dramatic scenes in the movie, might be my favorite. Um, mm-hmm. It really lands on my heart, and yeah, I didn't. You know, Woody's a character. Woody's character starts out as someone who really is laser focused on getting to the NBA, and all of the relationships in his life are transactional. Yep, it's all about what can you give me, and. You know, this is like, you know, in the spirit of like Christmas Carol, right? This is a guy who's like learning, right? What it means to be fully human. And I think that scene goes a long way toward that. And, you know, I, um, uh, I lost two people in my life to a a drunk driving accident, Mm -hmm. um, over the course of writing this film. And it was really important for me to, um, yeah, to take that thing, to take it seriously. And I'm just going to say their names because their memories truly are a blessing. Um, Ruby Campbell and Hart Campbell. Mm. um, uh, Two kids that I I loved and loved dearly and certainly um, were on my mind when I wrote that scene. And they're on my mind every time. I've seen the film like three times now. And when we get to that scene, um, it lands really hard on my heart because I'm thinking of them.
1: That's awesome. It's so... It's so obvious listening to you talk about everything that went into this film um, that, I mean, you want to talk about making a movie for the right reasons and having all the right things go into it. And again, I just have to reference, we, we live um, in a time where, you know, movie scripts are generated by like, OK, what 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 boxes do we need to check to move the you know, the movie that we're making three years from now, you know, how do we, we have to set that up and all this other stuff. And, um, this is none of that. Uh, this is what, this is, I think this is what movies are supposed to be. This is why the, 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 the format was invented to get people to feel things and think about things and think about life and ask all the right questions of themselves and the world around them. And also to have a good time, there is that element too. So you'll do It's, but, it's not again it's not easy to to check both of those boxes right and um this film does it i j- i really just hope everyone listening to this not only will go see it maybe to go see it, tell a friend, Uh the whole thing. Yeah, can um, I just add, like, I brought yeah. in the, the dramatic and serious stuff. This
4: movie is hilarious as well. Oh my god. I did I mean to bring it down completely, but like, everything Marlon says is great. <laughs> yeah. uh, Showtime, oh, great Casey guy. Metcalf. Oh my god, Casey Metcalf is amazing. Yeah. Kevin, the stink eye scene with Kevin I- Iannucci. Uh-huh. I'm oh not, my you, god. I'm like, not giving you the stink eye. It, it, it's, it's outstanding. Right. The, oh the Showtime god. character, I just want, like, what would happen if Tibbs had to coach a player that was <laughs> taking the shot he was taking over and over again? Um, and still having to be patient as a result. So, yes, I, great. Across there's the a board, there's not, a lot of humor in the movie as well. There's a moment on
2: the cutting room floor where they have to someone has to take a, a technical free throw and um Woody's character is distracted and he turns around and Showtime's taking the technical. Oh no. Like, Shit. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it, it's a lot of fun. And you know, when you're a writer, you just hope that your actors will respond to the material. And the actors who play the basketball team not only responded to the material, but they did what you dream of as a writer. They elevated it. They made it funnier than I could have hoped for in the performance. And that's true all around. By the way, like we've got Woody Harrelson, you know, goat of basketball films. Right. We've got Caitlin Olson, one quarter of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. We've got an original Ghostbuster in Ernie Hudson, who gives a beautiful, mm-hmm. beautiful performance in this one. And we've got half of Cheech and Chong. We've got Cheech Marin. Like we've got some certified, bona bonafide um, comedic actors in this movie. And they're doing a lot of great, great work. And of course, you know, the man at the helm, Bobby Farrell Bobby, is yeah. a legend and just a, such a big hearted person. And maybe the the truest measure of the success of this film is that everyone who is on set has told me that it was their best experience making a film in their career. And this is coming from producers wow. who've been doing this for 35 years. Mm. And the fact that something I wrote allowed people to have an experience like that, and that Bobby was the one who made that possible. I'm just so overwhelmed with gratitude for him uh, to, 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 to have done that and to, to made an experience like that for people.
1: Well. Mark, thank you for making the movie possible. Thank you for making this interview possible. We appreciate you taking the time. Um, Champions, it is in theaters today. Go yes. see it today. Go get your babysitter if you need to do whatever you got to do. Um, it, it is it is. God, is it worth your time? And then some um, Mark, I'll, I'll leave the f- floor to you. Anything else before we go?
2: Yeah, I just want to say, like, get out there and, and like, don't wait for it to stream. Like, please go out and see it in a movie theater
1: because movies and movie
2: theater. there's nothing. Yeah, see movies in movie theaters because, like, especially comedies. Like, we all say, you know, there's a lot of lamenting about, oh, where's comedy? Where we need more comedies? Go out and support a comedy. It's it's good to be in a room and laughing with people. Um, so go out and and, and have that experience.
1: Be, be a human being. That's
2: yeah. Go out and be pro- human. Have pro-tip. have some fun. Yeah. thank you guys i really appreciate you guys for having me on and for allowing me to kind of open this up to this great community that you've built here and um just so grateful to you guys for the the work that you do because it really brightens my day and Mm -hmm. gives me like i always like to say it gives me a a a very wholesome distraction to the Mm -hmm. exigencies and difficulties of life and we could all use it because you know it ain't it, it ain't a walk in the park this life so
1: I'm grateful uh, to you guys for the sunshine you bring. Appreciate the love and uh, thank you again. And uh, obviously, you know, best of luck. This is awesome. Congrats, man. man.
2: Shout out to the whole Sam Garcia multiverse. I'm waiting for that (laughs) movie to be
1: made. It's great.
4: <laughs> Giancarlo gets a shout out. Sam Garcia
2: gets a shout out. It was I, love fantastic. It. I roll deep with you guys, man. I roll deep. Hey, shout out Kevin Danishatsky. Shout out Hush Zoo. Robert. Oh, my, Cross. God, all of, Disney, oh my God. Robert Cross. CT. You know, everybody. God, and no, it's, it's like, be great.
4: It's when these become characters in a movie one day. <laughs> Yes, there and you go. Right. That's, that's your next script, please. Yeah.
2: Hey, I, I, before I go, I, I, if I'm shouting out the community, I got to shout out Jeremy. Mm-hmm. I got to shout out, um, um, APJP, um, the casuals, Sean, Mensa, Damn. XJ, oh, Chris, Young Chris, Young and Hungry Chris, mm-hmm. and Benji, uh, the uh, the Svengali, uh of the hardwood. There, yeah. Yes. So you guys are you guys are awesome. I appreciate you guys wow. so much.
1: Thank you, man.